Hello everybody, welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host, that's the Dale of Twitter. And of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And I'm joined by two ex-international rugby stars in at Daryl J. O'Brien and at IT Hedgehog, Peter Jones, who played famously for Wales. Um, and I think we woke up after that, boys. What do you reckon? <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that was when we all woke up. Mm. Well, we know Peter. <laughs> Peter was more of a cricketer, Pete. Am I correct? You played for the local town team. I did indeed. Yes, yes, yes. I played well. Actually, obviously, I kind of grew up playing, playing, playing all sports, and mm. was obviously not that great at any of them. Um, so now I just talk about them. Well, that's what happens. <laughs> you know, you yeah, get to that do, Those who can't do critique. And is cricket really a sport? Are we really going there? Are we doing that? Can we do this? Well, now I'm going to jump right in for you first here and say that you yeah. have tried, tried, right, tried with a th because we're Irish. You have tried thrice to explain the rules of cricket to me and just I don't have. get it. But isn't it true, um, Peter, and, and Daryl, I think you can attest to this because you were going to slag off Twitter because we're big paddies, right? But, you you know, most of the best English cricketers Irish. Yeah, yeah. Their captain is a big, huge paddy. Massive paddy from Dublin, I would imagine, because that's what Ireland is outside of Ireland. Uh, Morgan, is that his name? I'm, I'm yeah. Morgan, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. He's as Irish as they come, I'm afraid. World Cup winning captain. Mm. You are welcome, Pete. Yeah. You are welcome. That well-known Englishman. Yes. yes. It, if he wins, he instantly gets a, a nationality change. I don't know if we're treading a fine line here because when I look at the demographics, heavily US listeners, so they probably don't care about cricket, and also UK. And for the US listeners who go, oh, Ireland, no. <laughs> right, it's actually UK, so we should probably stop taking the piss. I know we're the majority, Daryl, on the, on the podcast, but we're the minority. I would imagine. True. Yes, so let's not bully Peter is what you're saying. Is that what you're saying? Pretty much, yeah. So, um, yeah, kick gloves. Um, Boys, I I just want to reiterate here. I do not like mock drafts. Don't like them. It's the first time I've ever heard you say that. Don't like them. Um, I will never do one. I don't like them today. I will never do one, ever. Apart from the fact that I did one, right? I was was pulled into one, (laughs) and I know I've been given out about them. Um... But yeah, I got dragged into one. Uh, Jeff Reinbold, the Coffee with Coach, which I believe is airing tonight. Uh, they went around and did kind of a, you know, a, a whip round. A whip round um, with all of the other, a whip, coup whip, um, with all of the different fan groups and stuff like that. And uh, they asked the Packers to pick and we had to represent. But a true collaborative fashion, um, I got the list, looked down through it and thought, oh, I think I have this. They don't have Tevin Jenkins. So I said, Tevin Jenkins, please. And he said, yeah, he's gone at 17. I was like, oh, for God's sake. So then uh, I panicked. And Peter, I hit you up, bro. And you helped out massively. Who did we go for, Pete? It was just like just like the real draft room. Collaborative, oh, yeah. collaborative effort. <laughs> Who am I? As opposed like, to last minute panic. That's the thing, yeah. I'm goody like lads. I have no idea. And like Peter's like the chief scout who actually makes all the shots. And then uh, I was just like, hum, Peter? So yeah, Peter, you suggested uh, Trayvon Merrick. Trayvon Merrick, mm. yeah. So this podcast should probably be out after the Jeff Reinbold one. Not that it's going to be a massive spoiler for people and it's, they're going to be crying into their cornflakes here. Um, but yeah, I can't believe he was on the board when I looked at his, at his highlights. But Peter, what I would say is, and Daryl, I know me and you have had this conversation plenty of times, right? is not being not following college ball, Pete, like you said on the last podcast. And if people haven't listened to that, go back and listen to it. It's all about the offense. We sort of spoke a little bit about 
when you look at these guys and how dynamic they are and all this type of stuff. Um, and you sort of don't get swayed by recency bias because you've been following these guys for, you know, the best part of a year and a half under this microscope, but obviously longer than that with their whole college career because you're watching players come up through the ranks and stuff. But I think where me and Daryl fall down anyway, Daryl, um, is where we'd look at a guy called like uh, Trayvon Merrick and we look at him and he, he's dubbed the number one safety in college, by the way. He's a big boy, big, massive dude and just fierce um, intel- in football intelligence. But I get all of that from Highlight Reel, which is unfortunately what a lot of the pundits do with Green Bay. So when they get dragged in to talk about Green Bay, they just hark on about some stuff that they saw on Highlight Tape and they don't get down to the nitty gritty. Peter, it's very difficult for us as non-college football watchers or very, very casual college football watchers is to actually look at these players and not get wowed by them. Because am I right in saying that if you go down even into the undrafted guys, if we were to watch their highlight tape, you're like, well, he's the best player I've ever seen in my whole life. Draft him. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's I think that's absolute, absolutely true. You have to try and avoid highlight reel stuff. Mm. I mean, it's nice to look at the highlight reels. When, when, you, you, know, when, you, when you know a bit about the players and, and what have you, you just want to go and let's have a quick look at Rondale Moore or let's have a oh, quick yeah. look at, at, at Trayvon Merrigan just just see their highlights those are nice nice to look at but you have to try and avoid that when you when you're trying to grade players and um and and also where you can avoid recency bias so try and avoid just what you see in 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 2020 um which is particularly difficult this year so one of one of the one of the things that we probably should have touched on last time but one of the things that made this year really difficult was the number of opt-outs that we had with college college players during 2020. Yeah. So you had a number of conferences like the Big Ten and the Pac-12 that cancelled their season and then later reinstated them. You had players opting out for the whole season. You had players opting out, then opting back in. And then you had players opting in and opting out. And shake um, it all about. Some of them did the hokey <laughs> yeah. pokey as well, Peter. Well, just uh, mentioned they, that there. But, uh, around. Yeah, Absolutely. they did turn but apparently around. Apparently, yeah. that's, that's what it's all about. <laughs> it's what it's all about, to be fair. Um, Very good, um, but you know, it just it, it made it more more difficult this year. And I think I think you know, just grading players is is a lot more difficult this year because how do you how do you grade a player that didn't play, for example, in twenty twenty, who was who was high on the list previously, mm. as compared to guys that may have not been quite as high but did play in twenty twenty. So I, I think it's a lot lot harder for teams this year. Yeah, and again, it's like the second year as well because I see good good which is a fun name to say and spell. Um, and translate from Deutsch. Um, so, Gute Kunst, which people are uh, scared to say. It has to be said. Daryl, Gute Kunst, do you like that name? Does it roll off the tongue? Love it. Great. Um, so, when we... When we, got... <laughs> uh, we, are, we really are like the same person. It's honestly like we're just vibing on our own. Um, so, w- when he sort of talked about him, they asked him, oh, what are the challenges with the whole virtual thing? This is the second year in a row now, they're effectively, that they're doing it. And they kind of got a bit more hands-on with some of these prospects as well. But interestingly, Pete, what you say about opt-in and opt-out, from looking at the draft guide, which again um, is your baby, your labour of love, uh, 300, 300, uh, with a T or E-E, um, get it right. Um, that's on the website now, 319 pages of uh, pure bliss. But I see an awful lot of the sort of NFL projection and outlook boxes, Pete, like not only people opting in and out, but an awful lot of people are declaring very early by the looks of it. I mean, the top defensive lineman, for instance, Christian Barmore, uh, here's a guy who's, you know, here's a guy whose name has popped up an awful lot uh, in the last couple of days, I find, in the media. But he's after declaring really, really early. 
Is it stuff like that, Pete, that you look at because you're sort of thinking kind of like Kenny Clark with how young he was and how much he developed kind of in Green Bay as well. He, he became an absolute, the stalwart, the beast, um, the best player in his position, according to Gudekunst and probably the stats bear that out as well, that he's fantastic. Is that sort of where you get a diamond in the rough stuff, Pete? Because Barmore would have went higher, let's say, next year or the year after. But if we can pick him up, which we probably won't because he'll be gone. But if we can, well, then he almost develops on on the team. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely right. And and again, it's just another factor that that that, that teams have to take into account. It's, it's a very difficult one. You know, there's a number of players I think we highlighted that, in my view, should have would have been better employed staying in school for another year. Mm. So, so so there's a number of guys that you think that you know they're kind of fourth, fifth round pick type guys that haven't had an exceptional college career and. And it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense that, that, they're, that they're coming out. Um, but then, of course, you get the Trevor Lawrences at the top of the draft, who still had another year of college eligibility, original college eligibility remaining, who it was always clear was going to come out this year because because he had nothing left to prove. Yeah. Um, so I think I think the thing that you're really looking for is is are you seeing players that kind of improve year on year? And I think that's one of the, one of the crucial things that, that you're looking for. So even if a guy plays just two or three years in college, you look at each year's tape, and is is he a guy that you, you know, is doing things in year three that he wasn't doing in year one? Mm. And that, that's an important because that kind of indicates that you've got a player that's still got potential to get to get better, and hopefully has what what scouts refer to as you know as a high ceiling. So I guess then the last podcast was about offense. This can be defense, and we can lump in special teams because. Um, and I say this respectfully, who cares? Um, now we're going, you know, <laughs> not unless you're the Raiders will that actually matter. And you have to start looking at first round draft grades for punters and kickers. Daryl, Packers defense. An awful lot has been said about the defense that, you know, they're the they're at fault for everything as to why we fell down last year. And there wasn't many fall downs last year, but certainly when we fell at the final hurdle. Um, and it's even gone more granular than that, that people have focused on, oh, it's Kevin King. Now, we've mm. made a change at defensive coordinator. We still don't know what we have there in Barry. Um, you know, we've done the podcast where we were talking about and explaining the Tampa 2 and cover 2 and what that involves and how many yep. DBs you need and all that kind of stuff. Um, in this draft, then, Daryl, I mean, there's big questions over this defense, is there not? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I think this is where our season's going to rise and fall. Also, I think that looking at Joe Barry he's going to be very nervous for this draft because he's going to, if he wants to play his five-man fronts, He's going to need people to come in. He's going to need more defensive linemen. He's going to need cornerbacks. He's going to need a linebacker. Um, well, when Ted Thompson, God rest him, always said that the big athletic players are hard to come by and are very rare. So when you mm. when you get the chance, you should get them. My concern is something that we're supposed to be spoke about last week with the offense slightly, but it's even more important here. And Peter, you've alluded to it already. You've got these kids, these big athletic kids coming out of college. It's almost like fattening up turkeys for Christmas. Are these kids in there long enough? Are they cooked enough before they come out? Because my big concern, especially with defensive linemen, somebody is going to, is going to go in there and help out Kenny Clark. Uh, are we going to get these kids? Are they ready? You know, we, we The annoying thing is we need them now, not next. It's not an intermediate or a future term. We're in trouble now and we need to get these kids in. I mean, the likes of Barmore, you know, we don't get him. You've got McNeil, Bobby Brown the third. He better be Bobby. He better be better. Than Bobby Brown the first and the second. I'm hoping mm. the third one. He is the best iteration. Just have to call him two and a half if he's not. I mean, come on. Yeah, if he isn't, yeah. Yeah, you're not quite number three, yeah, Bobby. But I mean, it's it's an interesting point, isn't it, Pete? Because we've seen defensive linemen uh, in the past. I mean, 
dare we say his name, that Petten was like, oh, he's got a stinky attitude, but, you know, he's getting better. And then all of a sudden he finds himself on a different team. So, you know, we've seen defensive linemen and defensive players come in. Um, I mean, there's an absolute laundry list of them. Demarius Randall, you know, this was a guy who was played at a position and then he moved to the Browns and talked a load of uh, smack. And then apparently, I don't even know what he's at now. I, I don't think he has a team, does he? I think he was turfed out. Um, yeah. You know, um, the Josh Jacksons of this world. I mean, how many times have we swung and missed on defense? Because one of the things, Pete, that I always see people saying is, is that forget about the defense now and focus on offense because it's not as if we haven't tried to stack on D and it just hasn't worked out. Which I would say, if you're kind of like, well, forget about getting to work in a car if you live 400 miles away because we've already got four cars and they all broke down. So what? Like what? what's the alternative? <laughs> like go after a plane? I mean, you know, it still has to be addressed, Peter, doesn't it? And it is, as Daryl says, it's a tricky one because it's one of those positions that's, as you alluded to last week, you know, you, some, you really don't hit the ground running with some of these players. Yeah, and, and, and I think that what tends to happen is there, te- there tends to be a number of corners and, and, and safeties who, who you think, on paper at least, you know, it's quite deep and you think I can get one or two of those guys. Defensive line, though, is really difficult. And this seems to be a pattern year on year now that, you know, we think that there are a two that are possible first round picks, but towards the end of the first round, and it wouldn't be a surprise if they dropped into the second round. Mm. Um, there just aren't many of them around. And so, you know, you kind of get to the situation where picking at 29, if one of those two were there, you could see value in taking one of those two. Cause I can always come back in round two and get, mm. and get, you know, the number six corner on the board or the number six wide receiver on the board or whatever, whatever it might be. Um, but I'm not going to get a defense, you know, another defensive lineman of that value in in round two. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's a difficult one, and just and just picking on those you mentioned, Christian Barmore already. I mean, you know, that's a guy that, like you say, basically he's played two two years in college, and mm. and in and in 2020, um, a strange year where was almost non-existent for the first part of the year and then just got stronger as the year went on, which is, which is a good thing to see. Yeah. Um, but you also kind of get concerned whether that's, whether there's an attitude thing and I, you know, and I don't know that there is, but whether there's an attitude thing, whether there's a, a work ethic thing, stuff that you can't see, stuff that you don't see out on the field that you just, you just don't, don't know about, but you know, Barmore's definitely worth a pick at, at 29 if he's, if he's there, you know, six foot five, 300 and nearly 315 pounds. And, and it, and, and he can run. And, and I think he fits um, playing, you know, playing a three, four defensive end. Mm. Um, whereas um, the other guy whose, whose name is particularly difficult to pronounce, um, Levi Onzerike. So okay. that, so it, it's not quite as difficult as, as it's, as it's spelled. <laughs> Um, um, it's difficult to quite work out where he would fit in the Packers three, four, because he looks just, just from his, his size, his dimensions and, and, and what we know about him, what we've seen about him. He looks like a four, three defensive tackle, an Aaron Donald type, if you like. And that's not the defense the Packers certainly have played up till this point. Yeah. Cause Daryl, we don't, don't we have those question marks anyway, really as to, you know, Joe Barry did come in and say that you've got good roots here uh, you're running stuff that I like you've got a good sort of body of players here so it sounds like it's not going to change a whole lot but with all of all of everything considered and what we talked about last week 
and this week and again bearing in mind this is a, a defensive podcast I feel like if it's not wide receiver straight away uh, and it's, it shouldn't be uh, but if it wasn't wide receiver straight away that the fan base is just going to go into meltdown anyway but leaving all of that reaction aside um, where are you leaning I mean would you look at a good O-lineman do you want a good O-lineman to come in because the sort of you know the nucleus of this team obviously is the offense high scoring offense which we saw last year so you have to keep Aaron yeah. Rodgers upright or do you want to go defense and bolster that I still think we need to bolster defense regardless because we have to make an effort to do this I know Joe Barry has said he's got a lot to work with but I just in a lot of positions I just don't see how he's going to be able to play the game he wants to play what he currently has in the sense of that we have no depth in a lot of positions we have absolutely key players look at Kenny Clark uh, you know he's fantastic there's other areas that you don't need to worry about look at the edge rushers you've got the Smiths uh, you've got Rasha and Gary you know in other words he's got the nucleus of a first round but if you look at their position last year what were you 13th defensive mm. out of in the league I mean you've got to bolster that somehow the annoying thing is here if we don't if, if we don't get a wide receiver all bets are off the fan base is going to go mental but on the defense if we don't at least bolster it and give Joe Barry something else to work with because I just don't see. I know he said it that we've got great lines here and all that, but I think he's going to be he's going to be you know chomping at the bit to try and get someone in to at least bolster certain positions. Because Peter, we could literally pick up any position in the draft. Like dare I even say on the edge, and we need it right because we've Jair Alexander, um, Kevin King is coming back redemption year. Uh, safeties were looking good, but we can't get enough of those guys really. Um, when you look at the system of defense that we're going to run, it, it's, you know, this base defense stuff is just a thing of the past. Uh, defensive line, as Daryl said earlier, I mean, there's one key player there and the rest of them I see tipped as, oh, they're more run stoppers, but, you know, yeah. there wasn't a whole lot of that last year either. Um, no. So, Peter, when you look at this then, what, what do you see as the positions in need then for the Packers on defense, sort of, you know, going from what we absolutely need down to what we don't need at all? So I think there's I think there's two positions that they absolutely need, and that's and that's defensive line, and co- and corner. Yeah. Um, now corner, because they've got to be looking at who's the long-term starter opposite Jair Alexander. Now that you know they've they've kept Kevin King for at least for a, a year, and that's a, that's a good stopgap if you like. But I think we've seen enough of Kevin King to. We know what he is. Yeah. We know what he is, and we know what what, what he is. And he isn't suddenly going to get that much better. So, you know, th- th- there is a point in time where they have to be looking at that corner opposite opposite Jair Alexander. And again, you know, there's enough of those guys on the board in the first and second round this year that I don't I don't think any of us could grumble if they went corner in the first round or corner in the in the in the second round. Yeah. Um, you know, and and I think the interesting thing about about that position will be what happens with Caleb Farley. Mm. So, so right up there as one of the top two corners in this in this draft, along with Patrick Satan, ought to go around pick 10. Um, but, you know, his recent, a recent back surgery has had problems with his back in the past, um, has hardly played, you know, in, in college in the, last, in the last two or three years. It's been great when he has played. He's a great athlete. The, the, the question's going to be, does he fall and how far does he fall? Because if he starts to fall, A, he starts coming closer to the Packers pick, but it also means that some of these other corners, um, like JC Horn, like like Greg Newsom, who perhaps in Newsom's case might have fallen to the Packers, is likely to, to go higher if Farley starts to fall. So it's quite difficult to predict which of those corners would be there when the Packers pick. But if, for example, Newsom was there, 
nobody could grumble if the Packers took took Greg Newsom. You know, he's he's as he's as close to a Jair Alexander clone as you're going to get. Yeah, which I guess is the concern, Pete, as well. So let's take a look at Fairley then, right? So it, would it be just replacing an injury-prone Kevin King-style player with an injury-prone Caleb Fairley-style player? I mean, are the question marks over his health and durability, uh, you know, that big? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, they 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 really are. Um, you know, he he didn't play in. I'm trying to get this off the top of my head. He didn't play in 27, 2017 with an ACL injury. Um, he played most of 29, 2019, and then had a back injury, opted out of 2020, and then there's just recently, in the first couple of months of this year, had surgery on his back. Now, that was a an outpatient surgery, so it's all done on the same day and what have you, but mm. he's not fit to go now. If the season were, were now, he's not ready to go. Um, you know, it's believed he'll be ready by, you know, training camp and what have you. But the question mark isn't just over that particular injury. It's when you've got a guy that's had a history of those injuries mm. is, as you say, is that a Kevin King injury history just waiting to repeat itself? Mm. And how much of a chance do you take on a guy like that? And that's why I think he will slip. It's just how far does he slip? You know, it's one thing risking, I don't know, let's say pick 10 on him. Yeah. It's another thing risking pick 29 on him. Yeah, and the well, year where, after, where, where, Jordan Love. I mean, they talk about, oh, well, your first round pick didn't play, and then we'd effectively almost do it again. Yeah, if, same thing again. Yeah. yeah, danger zone. So um, when it comes to it then, Pete, who are the likely candidates then? So we've Caleb Fairley. Um, you know, how far... Let's talk about defensive line maybe. So how like how many candidates? Because I believe there's a very steep drop-off on the defensive line, and I think you kind of alluded to it last week as well, didn't you, where if the first couple of guys are gone, the rest of it becomes really late round experimental stuff. Is that right? Yeah, I, I, absolutely. So I think once you get past those couple of guys that we've mentioned, um, there's, there's Aleem McNeil, who is your typical run stuffer, so, so which, which you saw quite a lot of in there. And, and so if you could pick up an Aleem McNeil in, say, round three or round four, I don't think he'll quite drop that far. But if he, if he does... That's a guy that pl- you plug and play at the nose tackle position, and you can move and you can move um, Kenny Clark to 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 a three four defensive end, and I and I think that's a good pick, but 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 he's not a good pick earlier earlier than that, and then and then you're absolutely right. I think once you get beyond, you know, the top three or four, then you can almost pick twenty names out of a hat because I don't mm-hmm. think, I don't think there's a lot to choose to choose between them. And I, and I think to be fair, I think also in the Packers system, um, you know, I, I don't think they're necessarily looking for dominant three, four defensive end linemen. You know, I think I, they seem to be quite satisfied if that's the right word with Dean Lowry types. Mm, unfortunately. Um, yeah. The, 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 <laughs> the one that, yeah, the one that, the one that's a possibility to me and, it, and he's really an edge guy but the reason I think he's a possibility is because he reminds me of J.J. Watt when I watch him play. And J.J. Watt has played both 4-3 end, 4-3 four, four, tackle and 3-4 end, mm. is, is good old Boogie Basham. Good old Boogie. And you have him, <laughs> he's there at Wake Forest, so he's uh, between yeah. one and second round. Is that a case yeah. where, Pete, if he was to drop into the second, you sort of, you're getting a steal there with him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's one, of, he's one of those that's kind of ought to go round about where the Packers pick in in the first round. Mm. And and if he starts dropping any further, so if he were to drop into round, you know, to the Packers pick at the end of round two, then potentially you've got, 
you've got a bit of a you've got a bit of a steal. And you know, and 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 a number of those guys will drop, you know, because guys further there'll be a run on corners or there'll be a run on wide receivers or there'll be a run on offensive tackles, whatever it is. And so one of the two of those guys that probably ought to go higher absolutely will will drop. It's just trying to work out which ones which ones mm. they are. Now, we have seen, Daryl, in previous years, Gudekunz is quite active in the trade market. Um, yeah. Would you be happy enough if he was to trade at around one and if he didn't see the value or, dare we say, trade up? Do you think there's there's value there? Yeah, I, and that, I suppose, it's, it goes right back to Peter's point. It depends on what the run is or, you know, mm. exactly what starts happening. I mean, it, it's brilliant. It's almost like a, a market. It's like a, the floor of a stock exchange I mean Cynthia Freeland in NFL.com she just basically said that the pack she thinks that a good trade for the Packers would be trading with the Steelers to move up to 24 now this of course in her view is to get a wide receiver which I think I don't yeah, really yeah. care we're going to get one of, yeah, we're going to yeah. get one do we bother with that trade but I definitely think there's I think Goody he's good at that and I think it really depend on what happens in the room on the night it's going to be a case of if there's a run on defensive linemen or you know there would be a case that Goody probably quite happy trade but I really I think it really depends on what the commodity ends up being on the night yeah you know and he is quite good at that though I mean in prior years we saw some absolute well what I think is genius stuff by moving up and nabbing players moving out and then back into the first round we've seen that as well where there was a sort of collective sigh um, in the online draft room and then all of a sudden he moves back in you're like oh geez what's going on here Peter when we look at any sort of you know be it interior or edge guys or cornerbacks are any of these so valuable that if there was a bit of a tumble that it would be worth trading up to grab them well I I, I think you know I, I think that the, 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 ed, the edge guys are interesting because and there's three guys out of the University of Miami all of whom are going to go in the first three rounds two of whom probably go in the first round and, and 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 the best all-out pass rusher in this draft to me is Jalen Phillips out 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 of Miami. Now Phillips's problem is that he's been injured for much for much of his college career. He's had a number of concussions, retired for a year, and then and then came back as a pure pass rusher. He's the best in this in this draft, I I think. And that and that's the guy that I expect to go, you know, around pick fifteen that kind of area. But if he started to fall, you could absolutely make a case. For, move, for moving up to get that guy. Mm. My only issue with it is, is just the Packers have probably got greater needs. Yeah. Um, so he would be value, but I, but I, but I just think the Packers have, have greater needs. And I, I, you know, I like, I like the corner position in, in this draft. It's going to be dictated by what happens with, with Caleb Farley, but I think Newsom Newsom's a great, a great pick. I think if you can't get one of those first four corners, I personally wouldn't be taking one of the next group of four in the first round. I'd wait until the second round. For, so that's Asante Samuel, yeah. um, the two the two guys from Georgia, Tyson Campbell and Eric Stokes, and Elijah Molden. I'd be looking at that group in the second round. So if you can't get one of those top four corners, then I'd be saying I'd be looking at a different position in 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 round one. But I think all their options are on are on the board. I'd be surprised if they traded up to get a wide receiver mm. unless, and I guess the big unless, the thing that we don't know and the thing that nobody knows is they may have one that they just really love. Yeah. So say, say Rashad Bateman, they absolutely love for whatever reason. They've spoken to the guy, they've looked at his film that, and we don't know that they absolutely love that guy. And if he's still there at 24, then, you know, they may say, look, I don't want to take the chance of losing him. Yeah. 
and, I, and, I, and I'll make that trade up five spots. You know, on paper, it looks like that wide receiver position is so deep that why yeah. would you ever tr- why would you yeah. ever trade up to get a guy? But I guess it only looks deep on our board and on other people's boards. We don't know what the Packers' own board looks like. Hmm. Daryl, is this the year they do something like that? I mean, look at Rashad Bateman, right? 6'2". He's a prototypical yeah. Packers height. You know, get in there and do a bit of blocking, will you? So, did, like, are they... Because I, I've the narrative that I heard today, and Nagler was absolutely on one on his daily stuff. It's a ripping watch. Uh, we retweeted it from the group account. Um, you know, it's not suitable for work because he, he drops in a few F-bombs. But, Daryl, he's under the impression that the Packers simply do not go small wide receiver. It's not a thing. Now, again, you have to overlook, you know, Randall Cobb and all of these discussions and the little gadget guys that they've kind of got in there. But I think we kind of see those as gadget guys. Do you think yeah. he should break them all this year and, and try something different? I know it's a defensive podcast, but... No, I don't know. I, to be honest, and this, is, and this is my conspiracy and I've been thinking about it for a while, I'm concerned about how shallow the defensive pool is this year in that we're never... Go- I don't think we're going to get the guys that we absolutely have to have to plug the gaps in our defense purely because you've got to cook these guys for a while you're not going to buy them straight off the line they're not going to just slot in and play really well to keep the fan base distracted and keep them happy the argument would be we've 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 just tweaked the offense to make it better to give the defense time to bed in we've got these great young players we're going to need a season or two to get these guys up to speed what we've done is we've supercharged the offense we've got this fantastic wide receiver that we traded up to get they make this big splash move the fan base is delighted going this is unbelievable we told them to do this last year but they've gone Mm. and done it we've got this fantastic we've got Bateman he's unbelievable look what he's going to do and then it means that we can say when you keep the fan base happy by going you can't just plug a defence in one year with a load of rookies you're going to need time for these guys to get into the system we're going to need to give you have to give Joe Barry time to get into this but we don't want to have as people turning on Joe Barry straight away he can't he doesn't have the ingredients the ingredients aren't all there yet he can't bake this cake so to me the argument would be if I was in marketing in Green Bay I'd be saying we've done what we can with the defence this is a slow burner it's not a short term fix this is a long term goal Look what we've got with our offense. We've gone and got you the wide receiver, the sexiest guy we could find. He's a big, massive beast, and he's going to sort everything out for us. And I think that would be a masterstroke for me. You keep everyone happy in the sense of you tell them you, there is no quick fix on the defense. What we have done, though, is we've supercharged the offense to allow these kids to grow up and get up to speed. Yeah, there's credence in it, all right. I mean, Jesus, but I, I do think they should go for a smaller guy. But, Pete, if this is as deep as you think at wide receiver, it's pretty tantalizing there. But there's one area of massive deficiency for me, and that's at linebacker. Um, so, you know, playing these cover two uh, systems and all this type of stuff, you need a very strong presence in the middle. Is there anything of note uh, in this draft that could give the Packers that edge uh, in the middle of the field, or does it sort of follow the same trend as the D line, where once you get out of the the top, you know, f- maybe four or five guys, that it really drops off? Yeah, and that's a that's a really good question. You mentioned you know the Tampa two earlier. Well, the Tampa two, you know, absolutely relies on that middle linebacker that can drop twenty yards into coverage, be- be- between you you know between your two safeties deep. Um, and I don't think the Packers have that guy on the roster today. You know, the, the, the guys that played last year, I think, were better than we expected. You know, the Chris yeah. Barnes and Kamal Martin, Martin were probably yeah. bet, better than, than we could have hoped for, at least. Hmm. But I don't think there's that outstanding, from what we've seen so far, there isn't that outstanding athlete on the, ros- on the roster today. And there aren't so many of those guys available in the draft. You know, the, the, the top linebacker, Mika Parsons, goes in the top 10 or top 15 of this draft. Um, so there's the guy from Notre Dame, 
um, Jeremiah Wusu Karamoa. He, um, if you remember Isaiah Simmons from last year, who ended up going to the Cardinals, mm. was picked in the top 10 last year. Very similar type player. Yeah. Um, he's small, though. And, and that's why I think he ends up as a 4-3 weak side linebacker rather than playing in playing in the middle. Mm. I guess Zaven Collins is the is the interesting one, and I think if you played with a single middle linebacker in some kind of four three or or just a single linebacker, I think he he would be perfect for that role. Yeah, um, huge guy. He reminds me of Brian Erlacher. I've said that from almost the first time I saw Collins play. Just looks like Brian Erlacher. Now, now, which, now, which Brian Erlacher now, Peter? Are we talking the one with or without hair? I mean, we have to know this. <laughs> That's two different ones. Two different guys. That's man. totally different guys. Um, now, whether he ends up playing like Brian Olak is a different, a, a different issue. And I think, I think the difficulty teams are going to have with Collins is quite where you play him. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, he's he's a huge huge guy. You know, he's six foot six, but he's one of those guys that's got good speed, but takes a little while to get up to that speed. <laughs> like um, us all, like us all, Peter. <laughs> I'm getting more like that. I think. Um, um, is he? But, would he be a first round pick? Do you think if, if you know if he was to be sort of that? game-changing. Would you see the Packers go on linebackers? That's certainly something that you don't think they'll touch. I, I would I would doubt it very much. Mm. I mean, I, th- I, I think I think he is a first-round pick going to the right team. Yeah. I just think for the Packers, with so many other places where they could pick, whether that's wide receiver, whether mm. that's corner, whether that's defensive line, whether that's, you know, I, you know that I like the center Creed Humphrey, so whether that's offensive line, I think there's so many other places that they that they could pick that that I personally wouldn't be go, wouldn't be going there. And part of that part of that's because I think you can hide a little bit of that difficulty at linebacker by having a you know a third really good safety. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've already mentioned the guy that you picked in the mock in the mock in the mock draft. Um, oh, thank you. Love mock draft. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, so I think you could, I think you can hide, hide that a little bit, and I, and I think, and I guess history tells us, doesn't it, that the Packers, I guess AJ Hawk was probably the first, the last real true inside linebacker that the Packers picked, and that's a long time ago. Yeah. So history, history kind of tells us that that's not a position that the Packers seem to favour. Are you talking about sports journalist AJ Hawk, uh, podcast <laughs> contributor? Now he still yes. looks exactly the same. He still looks exactly the same. He looks like what's your man Dom Lundgren or whatever that guy's name is. <sighs> he, do you know what he's like? He's like if you were to draw Dom Lundgren from memory, and that's that's you'd probably just end up with a picture of AJ Hawk. So let let's talk about the DBs, the MP, cornerback safeties. Uh, you know we've we've talked about Merrick. Um, is there good value then with these guys? Because I do see like once you start to get down to the bottom of your cornerbacks, for instance, like there's a whole lot of undrafted free agent action going on. You know, from from twenty eighth downwards, it's six, seven, or maybe undrafted. Um, what's the value like for for these guys? I know you did mention um Caleb Fairley, you know, JC Horn, Greg Newsom, Asante Samuel. Um, you know, do you see one of these cornerbacks, or we can sort of lump the safeties in with them? I mean, are there any sort of prototypical Packer players that we would need that we could use them, like size-wise, as sort of that hybrid linebacker role? Well, I think, I think, I think again, I think, I think Tra- Traven Merrick's that that guy. Yeah. Um, now, you know, he's going in. He's going in the first round, somewhere towards the end of the first round, from about pick twenty onwards. If yeah. he were there at twenty-nine, just as you did in the mock draft. Oh, thank, thanks, no, Peter. Thank you, Peter. Absolutely <laughs> no problem with that pick whatsoever. 
you know, and, and you could argue that safety isn't necessarily the greatest need, mm. but because of the job that he does, so, so excellent covering receivers in the slot. So, so, so immediately he upgrades Chand and Sullivan, if you like. Mm. You, know, you, you, you would expect Merrick to come in and start, and start as almost your third corner. Um, you also got to look at the Packers don't have a great amount of depth at safety either, you know, behind um, Amos and Savage. Sauvage. Sauvage. Absolutely. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, th- I think I think he would be a great pick, and I, and I think the second safety on the board, Javon Holland, similar type of player to Merrick, can also cover in the slot. Probably probably a second round guy. Great value towards the end of the second round. So, so I could, I could, I can see that, those picks, um, and then when you get down in the safeties, I like, I like Andre Cisco, but he's been badly injured. But that's the guy that that picks off a lot of passes, and you can see, you know, if you were to spend a third or fourth round pick on on that guy, if you hadn't gone safety earlier, ab- absolutely worth, absolutely worth a pick. And as for the corner position, there's depth all the way through the corner, the corner position, and and you can look at. You know, I think there's there's three that ought to go in the top half of the first round. Then there's Greg Newsom. Then there's four others. But 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 you could make a case for any of those eight going in the first round. You absolutely mm. could make a case. You know, so so if one of those eight you're picking up in the second round, as I mentioned earlier, say one of the guys from Georgia, a Tyson Campbell or an Eric Stokes, absolutely fantastic pick. No, you know, be really happy to get one of those guys. Um, in the second round, and, and you can absolutely see the the Packers dub, doubling up on that on that position with with ten picks. You can absolutely see them coming back later in the draft and coming back for another one. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking as well. I mean, it's really interesting to look at that. We've got plenty. The, the only I think the big red flag here is the interior defensive lineman because I just don't think we're going to find anything that'll plug that position. But if you look at the likes of cornerbacks and linebackers, I think we're spoiled for choice. And as you say, I think we could go back for a second bite of the cherry on both of those. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and you know, and you start looking down, looking down the draft, say at guys like Paulson Adebo from, from, from Stanford, who, who is the 12th corner on our board. Yeah. But, but if we were doing this board a year ago, he's probably close to being a first round pick. Um, you know, and you know, he, 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 um, yeah, it was a guy that nearly came out for the draft last year. Didn't decided to come back for his for his for the 2020 season. Then opted out of the 2020 season under the COVID <laughs> protocol. Do we just it's wanted a, a year off? But it's, it's very, you know, it's, 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 yeah, it's very it's very complicated. This, but you know, you could see that kind of guy, you know, potentially dropping to round three or round four, mm. and and a, you know, and you've got a potential a potential bargain there. Um, Sean Wade of um, Ohio State, right, was was great in 2019, lined up in the slot. wasn't so great in 2020, lined up on the on the outside. Yeah. But if you wanted to pick a corner to play in the slot, play the Chandler and Rale- Sullivan role, Wade's Wade's your guy, and you're gonna get him in round three or round four. So there's definitely definitely guys there. Um, I guess that 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 later when you get into the middle rounds is dictated by what you did earlier. Mm. Yeah, and it's one of those things, Daryl, isn't it, that the Packers draft could get away from them again, where they yeah. sort of, you know, and then they ended up reaching the whole way down. But like, Pete, it's very intriguing, isn't it, though? I mean, there seems to be value at any level, especially because these scouts are the dudes on the ground. So whatever about the Twitter mm. I mean, these scouts have probably got their, you know, got their eyes on some of these guys that yeah, are way down. See, I, 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 think, I think this year, 
So you know the Packers aren't going to pick a quarterback early. <laughs> we know that that's not happening. <laughs> do and we? we know that not... <laughs> yeah, we <do. laughs> right? And we know that they're not picking a running back early. Yeah. Right. So, so I think actually the Packers are in a really nice position this year um, because you could almost pick any other position and you know that it could almost immediately upgrade that position. Yeah. And, and that's quite, you know, it's quite an, a nice place to be in because it means you don't have to reach for guys typically. And, and, you know, you can wait to see who, who falls to you. And, I, and I'm sure you know, as we alluded to with Rashad Bateman, they'll have two or three guys that they think are going to fall to the 20s that are at the top of their board that we won't know that those are guys that, that they're zeroing in on. Yeah, you know, um, but I, I, think they're in a, I think they're in a really, really nice position with this draft because I think they could pick almost, almost anywhere and you could understand them picking at that position. And it's almost like Pete, they know what they're doing. Now, I know that, I know hot takes. I know we steady don't on, do hot steady, takes. Or steady Matt, on, steady um, on. A fun fact as well number four on the safety list is Andre Cisco, whose father actually sang uh, the Tong song, Cisco. So it's actually a true story about him and how his mother met. I just think that's that's great. I Weirdly, Pete, I didn't oh, see romance. that in a. I know it's great, oh, isn't it? She had dumps like a truck, truck, truck. I didn't see that in a in the did you know section on your draft guide, Pete. So I just thought I'd add that in there just for added value. Daryl, we're going to talk about special team specialists now. Um, so I think we'll devote at least the next 47 minutes. Sorry. Oh, I think at least. Because I mean, this is, again, whilst mm. you won't read it anywhere, this is a hot take. This is yeah. our most pressing need. Absolutely. The Packers will not improve on last year unless we get some special team specialists. Yeah. Not... Well, to kind of show you uh, the sort of t- the difference and sort of echelon, the difference in level, if you mentioned Hunter Bradley at all, in particular, if you mentioned getting a Hunter Bradley jersey last year, Amazing. that tweet would then be hi- would be liked by none other than Hunter Bradley's dad. So yeah. like, the- and that's a true story. So that if, if you, yeah. you know, all you have to say is they're going to buy Hunter Bradley jersey and then all of a sudden his family members start to uh, appreciate the tweets. So don't see much of that going on with Aaron Rodgers. I've never put out an Aaron Rodgers tweet and got his L1 onto the L Twitter box and to be able to say, that's a great tweet. I think you should do that. That's that's great. Thanks for thanks for supporting the family. Um, so but it was said, of course, this week in breaking news that, mm-hmm. uh, what was it? Was it on Monday? Was it, did Goody, was it Monday? Goody say it? What day is today? But he said, Aaron is our guy. He's yep. with us for the foreseeable future. Except when you read into that, Goody can't see any further than two days. Yeah, maybe he's myopic or something. You know what I mean? You don't yeah. know how far he can see. That's all I'm don't saying. Don't have his glasses. <laughs> that, that 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 is at least a little bit better than the um, the uh, the Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Is he gonna kill Jimmy? Like, is he killing Jimmy G? I don't understand. Is it murder? Like, because you, you know, it's like that. Um, what's that comedy duo that uh, you know? And I said to my wife, I said, I said, you know that the. Uh, the one A.A. Ron, where that quote came from, Key and Peele, uh, where yeah, he goes into as a rapper and he's brought in for questioning for a murder and he play, he goes, I don't know nothing about it. And then they play the tape and it's literally him confessing like like where he hid the body, what he, what gun he used and it's it matches up to all of the evidence. Like, kind of a dumb thing for Shannon to be doing. But here's what I would say, lads, right? And all joking kind of aside, the answer he was saying to everybody was No. But instead of that, he decided to be a complete a-hole and say that flippant thing that I can only imagine he will regret if that's the type of guy he is. Like, isn't that not the sort of trope 
that it's just a it's just a ridiculous because you know what they they criticized Goody right for getting up and not saying a whole lot but that that's kind of his job description like yeah. if you look at you know when he was hired you know, and if he looks down at the job he goes so what's the salary and what's the job description can you send me on the the bullet point form on that it's going to be say get up and speak for forty minutes but don't say anything I'm pretty sure forty minutes of the interview process was dedicated to him just being able to talk about something without actually talking about it whereas. You know, and that that's bad in itself, but that comment from Shanahan, lads, just Yeah. Ah here, leave it out. You know, that's all I'm saying. Shock. <laughs> I just figured everybody would now was gonna use that one. They were just gonna say, I'll re- refer you to the answer Carl Shanahan gave some time ago. Yeah. <laughs> How grim though. I mean that's 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 existential. I mean we could all be worst. dead tomorrow, guys. We could yeah. just all be dead tomorrow. I don't know. Yeah. The last time I heard that kind of thing was when they were talking about uh, lockdown in Ireland. And they had Stephen Donnelly, the health minister. And she was like, oh, you know, the dangers and all that. And he goes, but sure, look, you could get injured on a trampoline, you know, you could get injured walking across the street. And he started to name stuff about you eating a hard-boiled sweet, you know, you could choke yourself. So uh, he really got into um, some things. And there's a burlacker head. Uh, you could definitely see yourself in the top of the dome. Um, so, Peter, that brings, I guess, to a conclusion then on the defensive side of things. Let's have a really brief chat then about when you look at all these names and you've you've put a ton of them in here, you've you've highlighted them in green. What are the guilty pleasures for for Pete? And I'm still talking about defense. I'm not talking about eating dairy milk in the bath with a rubber ducky. I'm not talking about those guilty pleasures. They're completely different. They're for the afternight midnight podcast. But what are the guilty pleasures, Pete? Someone that you may not even have put down in green as a good fit for the Packers that you would love to see their name called for the green and gold uh, come this weekend. Um. So overall, for me, it's Creed Humphrey. I know it's not a defensive player. We'll I wasn't. I moment, was not but... aware of that, Pete. I'm not aware of your love for Creed Humphrey. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't think I've, I don't think you've yeah. mentioned that beyond I don't think 15 times. No, I don't think he's mentioned Even it at this well. podcast, I yeah. believe, has been mentioned. I don't think he's mentioned well. <laughs> He sounds like a video Shot. game person. Isn't it? What, what's the man? Assassin's Creed? Assassin's Creed? Anyway, go on, Pete. Sorry, sorry. But, but of course, when, when, when he drops to, to round four on, on Friday or Saturday or Sunday, whenever round four would be, yeah. and I'm going to catch a lot of stick for that. Yeah. Um, Sorry, we can we can we can edit this piece. We can just take this whole section out when we we can re- <laughs> to just be it. this piece. Yeah, so, like, just this piece. re-release this section. <laughs> but anyway, go on. Repeat. We're leaning back like Graham Norton in a chair. Go on, tell us some more. I mean, I, I think I think offensively, mm. it's it's those wide receivers that you know that typically aren't the Packers types of guys. Rondale Moore and the Rondale Moore, yeah. Kadarius Tony, you know, uh, Jalen Darden, those kind of guys. And and I, and I guess that. So if you take Jalen Darden's a great one, going to go somewhere in the middle round picks. So 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 even if they've picked, say a, a Rashad Bateman in in round one, there's a case for coming back in about round four and picking up one of those, one of those types of guys like a Jalen Darden who who may still be there. Yeah. So 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 that so that type of guy. Um, I like some of the pass rushers in round one, and I know the Packers aren't going to go that direction. I like Jalen Phillips out of, out of Miami, but I know that he's a guy that. I don't see any way that you know that he's going. He's going to the Packers. Um, I like Andre Cisco, who I mentioned. Uh, Did you know st- how his parents met, actually, Pete? Did I ever mention? <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think I've heard that. I don't think I've heard that story. <laughs> well, I've got a song that you can listen to after this. But anyway, sorry, okay. carry on. Um, and I, I, I guess I, I like, I like Boogie Basham as well, but I just don't know where he. Whether the Packers would see him as a three-four defensive end, I think he can play there. But, but, um, yeah, I, I, I guess that's about that's a, that's about where I, that's about where I am. My 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 
crushes have always been getting a centre if there's one there and getting one of those gadget, jack-in-the-box type type wide receivers if, yeah. if you can get one. Daryl, Boogie Basham or Snacks Harrison, which is the best nickname? Oh, Boogie, without a doubt. Boogie, yeah. 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 I mean, you know he's not going to put on weight because he's going to be permanently dancing. Snacks? Uh, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, there's too many you know carbs I mean? there. Too many carbs. You're dead right. So basically, listen. I just blanked. I just blacked out. Didn't listen to anything that's been said these last two podcasts. So, but is it? Are we sure we're just going to draft wide receivers? Yeah, five that's or six. All. That's all. Good. Because do you know Go what? On. Who was it? Adam Schefter put up something about the Niners saying that they're not listening to the fans on Twitter, which was a shock to me. I mean, <laughs> the fact that he needed to Hang on a minute. That. Hang on a minute. What? What? what am Hang I on a minute. For? So when, when I tweet stuff for mm. Goody, he's not reading those. No, he's not. He's not what? I, no, hold on though. Hold on. I will do preface this. He was talking about the Niners organization. We all know oh, the Packers are God. completely governed by what uh, so in, Lickety so likewise, Split 74 says on Twitter. When I'm screaming at the television, when I'm screaming at yeah. the television as to what they should do, they're not listening to me? I don't think so. They probably don't know who you are though. You know, that's the problem. I, I don't think it's... There's too, yeah, there's probably too much good advice. So, so how, about, how about we turn the question around? I'll turn the question around on you two and put you two guys on the spot. Who are your crushes? Who? For the draft, from a draft perspective, I don't know. I like what you were saying earlier, Daryl, just about that the wide receiver conundrum. Now, again, I was the guy who was willing to die on that hill last mm. year, but I think what's coming up is is that all of the wide receivers being at a contract, I think they need to do something in particular. And, and again, what we have to look at is is that it's not in Goody's mantra to get one of those really old guys. Now we've Devin Funches coming into the building, and um, but usually that's not. He was, I believe, he was sort of a stopgap for what they were going to On do. A Zimmer frame. Yeah, so like, you know, and, a, and the drop issue, which does not uh, go down well in, in Packerland. So again, what I would love to see them do is, is go for Rondale more. I just think from his highlight tape is just incredible. And to get an explosive guy like that in the slot that we haven't had for so long. And I just think that to have a guy like him would actually benefit the likes of MVS and we might see MVS break out more because, you know, you can stretch the field then and they just, and especially with Aaron Jones, it just makes a, a total sense to me. Although I do understand that the sensible pick piece would be to go uh, on D. And again, from looking at uh, Merrick, when I look at him, I'm like, do you know what? It's not going to go down well with the fan base, but if he was in any way yeah. to slip, uh, yeah, he's my he's my favourite. I was just struck by his size and his speed he's like a he's like if you got Jair Alexander and then you just sort of zap honey I blew up the kids you know and just sort of zapped them bigger you know he's just a big bodied guy and just really exciting to watch but um, they're my guilty pleasures oh and Creed Humphrey Pete do you know about Creed Humphrey I'll have tell you, you ever heard of him yeah. no, 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 no no nothing <laughs> I know nothing yeah I'm going to be boring and I'm going to nail my colours to the mask with Christian Barmore I think he's I think he could be amazing mm. because He's already, I know I was given out earlier about these players are not baked when they come out of college, but this guy is as close to cooked as we're going to no, get. Hold on, you get suspended for being baked. I just want to clarify that if you're baked, yeah, well, most sorry, of the yes, time you yes, get Yes, of suspended. course, but if that's if you're going to use parlance of the kids, I'm not interested mm. in any of that. <laughs> any of that guff. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Um, so, look, Peter obviously wrote the guide. So Peter has, Peter, right, I'll tell you what, one more, because this is actually my favorite part. What is your biggest sleeper piece that you think is phenomenal that no one realizes how actually good he is and he's completely flown under the radar? Not to put uh, you on the spot right now. I think this is where me and Daryl, this is where me and you do a boogie or start talking about other favorite nicknames. No, I'm just I'm just nervous that Pete's not gonna say me. 
Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. You the know, greatest player never to be discovered. I know, it's the measurables. Do you ever wonder about that? You know, when someone does like the triple jump and you're kind of thinking, the amount of people that just never even bothered to try the triple jump and they're probably the best triple jumper out there I who never triple jumped. I question anyone who decides, you know what I'm going to do for the rest of my athletic career? I'm going to do triple jump. You get paid for it though. If you got sponsored. It's such to... a weird thing to do. Imagine that is your sporting career. That's what you do. You just jump really far. You'd feel like a silly billy. That or curling. Yeah. I mean, would curling be less glamorous? I don't know. Tobogganing is amazing. To, so, so, so yeah. So, so my, so my, my sleeper, and he's, he's a guy that also could potentially fit into that. What we now call the the um, Tyler Irvin role mm. is um, Demetric Felton of UCLA. So, so he's a guy that played running back and wide receiver in college. Reminds me of the guy that went to Washington last year, Antonio Gibson. Yeah. Um, Incredible player. My God. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and, and Felton's small, you know, he's about five foot, five foot nine, that kind of size again. Um, but, but I think you, you again, and, and he's a guy that probably in the middle rounds somewhere would be, a, would be a really nice pick. Could also fulfill your role as, you know, your kind of number three running back on the roster as well. Yeah. You called um, him if, small, but shifty, Peter, small, but shifty. There, I mean, that basically describes me. Basically <laughs> describes me. There, there you go. And if, and if, Fel, if Felton's not there, um, that Daryl O'Brien I hear might be might, might be a bit Amazing. of a sleeper. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, in fact, he is asleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Daryl for water duties. Uh, but as he, as Pete said, I mean, a 5'8 for us, nice tall guy coming in. Yeah, like it. tall fella. Uh, likely early day three selection, uh, according to your draft guide. So again, people, go to ukpackers.co.uk, go to the tab that says uh, 2021 draft guide, go on there and there's a PDF, you can just download it. I get this second podcast up beside it, so you can read the guide in the bath with a mouthful of truffles uh, while listening to the pods and reading the guide, and it's been great. Boys, anything else for the defensive side? Hopefully we'll get on actually and just do a really quick sort of final thoughts one um, just before the draft kicks off. But anything else to say or forever hold your peace? No, I think that's it's cool. And again, absolute kudos to Peter for putting this together because it's been an absolute joy looking yeah. at this when all the heavy lifting has been done for you. But maybe for the next pod, what we'll do is we'll run through the running order maybe and just talk about how it's likely to go down and what we're likely to see uh, for those of us that don't watch it all the time. Now, you did say on the podcast before Peter came on that you had nothing to do with the thing, but you would look at the page number and say it's a very good job. I don't think you've said that to Pete yet. Yeah, I mean, just it's 319 pages. Good job. <laughs> but by the way, Peter, actually, one thing we would have to ask is how is next year's one going? Yeah. Because, you know, we're up against it here, Peter. Yeah, we haven't seen that on the email yet. We've added some more material since we since we last spoke. What we, nice. haven't, what we haven't got yet, of course, is any of those graphics. The oh, graphic well. Guy, the, the graphic guy's a bit slow. Oh, it's the graphics <laughs> guy. Yeah. The graphic guy, that's, yeah. you know, as in Stephen's little boys who go around drafting these pictures because, mm. I mean, they're nice, but, you know, they're not great. Yeah, they're, they're pretty elementary stuff. Although I have <laughs> I have 18 months, like, Peter, while Peter's writing some actual relevant stuff, I'm going to be learning and going to art school and doing it just like, um, just like John Lennon. There we go. Um, but yeah, a, a true story, actually, Daryl. What was the, you had an English teacher who uh, actually shamefully, second name was O'Brien. And he was oh, an ex-Navy gosh. man, I think. And he had absolutely yeah. no knowledge of what Patent to teach. Patent rashers. I actually but, think they found this guy uh, just on the street. And they said, the listen, we're down an English teacher. Do you want to, do you want to come in and but he, do this? He spoke like he had an rashers, though. I mean, there's some people who sound convincing. People like, oh, well, okay. But Daryl, what was the thing when someone, when he said to people, well, we're going to read some Shakespeare. Uh, Anyone want to tell us uh, a discerning factor of this book? 
Do you want to tell people without me prompting you what someone said about the book or what he said about the book? Ah, he said it's a chunky book. It's a chunky book. <laughs> wow, cutting edge. Absolutely. It's what you want from your English teacher, you know, to go, I know it's a bit long, lads. It's a bit of a chunky book. Yeah. But, uh, you know, fills you with confidence, that. There you go. Bring that into your honours English, which was the honours English sixth year class, which was... Terrifying. Yeah, I don't know what that means in the UK or the States, but yeah, chunky book. And anyway, do you know what? He might have been very astute, Daryl, because... Did you know that Shakespeare's plays were actually much longer than usually would have been performed? And an awful lot of people around that time would write additional acts onto their play to give the punters who were willing to buy the play thereafter something extra to read. So I think he was actually a scholar. I love I love Shakespeare, right? I get it and all that. But you don't need to study Shakespeare to be a genius, because if you think about it, Shakespeare didn't study Shakespeare. And who's he? He's Shakespeare. Mm, True. So, yeah, they're true. There you go. Anyway, um, Peter, apologies. Um, so that has been at IT Hedgehog with a fantastic draft guide. And again, a great follow on Twitter at IT Hedgehog. Uh, at Daryl J. O'Brien, again, prerequisite, Russian studies. Or Actually, do you know what I'm starting to get? And it's starting to creep me out slightly. Oh, on the ads on Facebook, I'm starting to get prompts for learning Russian. Uh, I'm starting to get pretty terrified now but anyway this is very deep it's all subliminal you're going to come on like not a strovia on the next podcast but like oh cool okay like I but you'd be saying stuff like that like I think we should do a Russian Packers podcast and I'm like going okay uh, you can roll with that one maybe and then it's just all going to be subliminal messaging anyway uh, so that's it and from me at NFL, and of course if you're that way inclined you can always get onto Instagram and search in the search bar the paddy oh, packets don't type it in Just don't type it in you're better than that I know you're better than that people don't type in paddy packer it's extremely racist well do you know what it is there's an account called paddy packer and there's an account called the paddy packer I own both and paddy packer sends you to the paddy packer but still gets follows do you know I'm getting follows on Instagram from packing companies same yeah yeah I get those on Twitter there you go I accept them I accept them just for the laugh because they're, 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 they're not this is not what they signed up for yeah, this they, is not at all no that, they're, they're a social guy they're not paying them enough you know the best thing no. is is to follow them back and ask for a quote so anyway yeah. that's from myself at Steedy the NFL from the group accounts at UK Packers keep your eyeballs on Jeff Ryanball's podcast because I will do my first and only uh, mock draft by selecting one player that I had to get Pete to advise me on so there you go anyway we're going to talk to you before the draft hopefully uh, and remember I will say this as a caveat do remember it's football no one cares it's all for fun don't let it ruin your day and there we go that's it if they don't draft wide receivers, I swear to God. Oh, there we go. Anyway, we're here for your support group, UK Packers. Talk to you in a couple of days.